Our reading is taken from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It will start from verse 35 all the way down to verse 58. So if you're having our church Bible and if you need a church Bible, you can just raise your hand so that our ushers can come and give you. And if you got the Bible with you, it can be found in page 934. Verse 35, but someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you saw does not come to life unless it dies. When you saw, you do not plant the body but will, that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body as he has determined, and to each kind of seed, he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh. Animals have another. Birds another and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies that were earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another and the stars another and star differs from star in splendor. So it will be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown in natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth, the second man is of heaven. As was the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth, and as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. And just as we have borne the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. 
always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. This is the word of God. Great, let's keep that passage open. As I get ready here. And this is our final week in this series, which uh, I've really enjoyed. Wonderful passage. But let's pray together as we start. Our Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it tells us the truth. It tells us the present, the future. And I pray that uh, as we think about the resurrection, again, it will change our lives. And we will love Jesus. We will love what you are doing. And yeah, it will change us. In Jesus' name, amen. Great. Well, yes, we've, if you've joined us and you weren't here the past two weeks, we're in this chapter about the resurrection. Uh, of course, Easter is when Jesus rose from the dead. But it's not just Jesus. Christians believe that God is going to make a new world. And we will live there and, and with new bodies. Uh, the future is not just floating around in a, in a white dress in the clouds. Maybe that's some people's idea of going to heaven when you die. Uh, no, living in a body. And that is something that, yeah, we should live for as Christians. But, but, but that's hard, right? We live in a world which only lives for this life. A few weeks ago, we thought about YOLO. You only live once and make the most of this life. Maybe if you're older, that doesn't speak to you. Maybe it's like the, the bucket list. Don't know if you've heard of that. What is a bucket list? Bucket is, comes from the American expression to uh, kick the bucket, which is to die. And a bucket list is, okay, here's all the things that you, should, that you want to do before you die. Right? This is your only life. Uh, so, yeah, I want to go to Paris, uh, ride a motorcycle, climb this mountain. I need to do these things, otherwise I'll miss out, right? That's how people live. Uh, the Make-A-Wish Foundation that gives, you know, children with terminal illness, you know, what is your wish? You know, I want to be a policeman for a day. And uh, they make it true, make it happen. That, that's wonderful in a way, right? Wonderful thing to do. But the idea is, yeah, you, you're going to miss out. If you don't do these things in this life, you will miss out. And, and as Christians, I think we know, well, no, we have a future. Uh, this life isn't all there is. But why is it so hard? Uh, I think we just love living here. There's so many good things here. We have a job, and maybe some of us don't like our job, others do. And we were made to work, right? God's made us to work, and we have a job, and we love it. And God made us to enjoy. He made us to enjoy his creation. He made us to enjoy good food, to enjoy friendship. And so we love enjoying those things. But then Paul comes along and says, yes, th that's great. But we can live for something more. And I think what we need to do, we need a new love. We need to know, not just know about a new creation. We need to love it. Imagine a guy, he's in love with a girl, and she doesn't want him. Okay, what does he do now? He can't just switch off, right? He can't just stop loving her. What he needs to do, well, he meets another girl, and she's wonderful, and he starts loving her, right? Is that, is, you want to stop loving one thing, you need to love something else. 
And so I think what Paul is doing in this final bit, he wants us to love the new creation. If we want to love this world less than the other one, we need to love that one more. So he's speaking to the Corinthians. They didn't really, yeah, they, they thought life was just a soul floating around in the future. No life after death. And we saw last week that's not true. We're going to have a new body. And the first thing Paul wants to say to us today is, well, no, it's going to be a better body. You're going to have a better body in a better creation. So look at verse 35. Paul is it's like he's dealing with some objection. Yeah? But someone will ask, how were the dead raised? With what kind of body will they come? And, you know, it's a bit skeptical yeah, because Paul says, how foolish. But you can imagine uh, you're going to be raised in a body. And these people didn't think much of the body. Yeah, the human body, I don't know, uh, it's, it hurts sometimes. It's fragile. It ages. It gets fat. You know, the human body, it's okay, but, it, you know, we're going to really spend eternity in another body. They just couldn't, it didn't make sense, right? Eternity should be something good, and bodies are so-so. And Paul says, no, you, you haven't understood this. Yeah, think of seeds and plants. Yeah, verse 37. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. You plant a seed, but that's not what comes out, so um, you can't see it. But here's an apple seed. I had an apple this morning. Now, you can put this in the ground. What do you get out of it? Not another seed, right, Paul says. What do you get? Well, you get a beautiful apple tree. That's the idea. And Paul says, well, it's the same with human beings. Take a human being, they die, you put them in the ground. What comes out is not just exactly the same body something bigger, something greater. Because, you know, Paul says, you, God can make all these bodies, right? Look around the world. Uh, there's birds and fish and humans and animals. And, and look to the sky and you can see the sun and moon and different kind of stars. God can make all these different things. You know, he can give you another body, a better body. Because as you hear how he speaks about it, the thing is, it's, it's different, but it's, it's better. Have verse 42. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. It's sown in weakness. It's raised in power. It's sown as a natural body. Uh, that doesn't mean physical. It's a, a soul body. It's raised a, a spiritual body. But, but you can you hear it's better, it's power, glory, n- not weakness and dishonor. That's the kind of body you will have. And that is what the whole new creation will be like. Uh, you know, the Garden of Eden, we thought about it last time. In some ways, God is going back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah, a physical creation where we live and work and enjoy. But it's going to be better. Uh, Adam and Jesus, Adam was made from dust. Jesus came from heaven. Uh, Adam was a living soul. Jesus, the life-giving spirit. It's going to be better. It's going to be greater. That's the, I- that's the idea. It's going beyond it. 
Uh, if it's going to be continu- continuous, some continuity, but also different. Uh, just look at Jesus himself. Now, Jesus rose from the dead, and it was really Jesus. People could recognize him, and they could, uh, you know, they, he had the holes in his hands and stuff, but he could teleport. <laughs> he could walk through walls. He had a better body. And, well, you will have a better body. And so, you know, don't worry about that. You, don't, you wonder what kind of body. I, I spoke to a doctor a few weeks ago who just thought, resurrection from the dead. I, I, it doesn't make any physical sense to me. Just trust God. God can do it. God can make different bodies. Trust him. I, I don't know what questions you have about the new creation. Uh, you, if you ever thought about eternity. I mean, we can't die. What if I jump off a tall building? What happens? Do I s- not die? Uh, am I so perfect that I wouldn't do that? I don't know. Trust God. <laughs> Maybe you wonder, how, what age will I be? You know, I'm there forever. But, but what's my body? What will it look like? I always think I'll be in my mid-twenties or something. Sounds about right. How about someone who became a Christian age 70? Will they be 70 in the new creation? Uh, someone who died age 10, will they be 10 in the new creation? Uh, we don't know. Lots of questions we just don't know. Paul says, don't worry about it. You know, trust God. He will give you a better body. But if it's better, you know, look forward to it. Right? It's going to be better. You know, better reflexes. Better, you know, I don't know, people can't describe it. Right? We haven't seen it, but... You know, think of a, a grainy black and white photograph that becomes ultra 4K HD color. That kind of idea. You know, it's going to be so much more real, so much more wonderful. You're going to be so much more alive. That is where you're going. And maybe you like hiking here. Imagine hiking in a new body, in a new creation. Maybe you like playing music here. Imagine playing music with a better body. You know, it's going it's to be better, Paul says. And so, you know, you're, you don't need a bucket list, <laughs> right? You're not going to miss out. You're going to have something better. You know, and, and so we should be excited about this. I mean, uh, when Jesus returned, maybe you always hear the joke of someone who's kind of, they're having their exam and they don't get it, and uh, Lord, please come back now. Yeah? That idea. You know, you should want Jesus to come back on your wedding day. Hey, you've been dating for years, and then you get engaged, and all the wedding prep, and the venue, and the dress, and the seating, and uh, married life. Actually, would you be disappointed if Jesus comes back on your wedding day, waiting in church, and then there's Jesus? And would you say, oh, couldn't you wait one more day, please? No. It's going to be better. So much greater, you know. We should want it. And we wouldn't miss out on anything in this life. So that's the first thing. But, Paul, but, but that is, in a moment, is quite selfish in a way. I'm just talking about me and my body and you and your body. But Paul then goes on. You know, this, this day is going to be also it's just a greater goal. 
Because it's not just about you. This is God and all his plans being fulfilled. And not just you, but all God's people. Because he then, you know, verse 50 onwards, he's going on to, you know, just describing what it's trying to describe, what it will be. You know, that day when everything will be changed because flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God. Think about that day. Verse 51. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we'll be changed. The trumpet is how they called all the people together in the Old Testament. And that is, in a way, what Jesus is going to do, right? When he comes back, the trumpet sounds and all God's people come together. And some of us won't even die. You know, we talk about death and resurrection. Some of us, we're still alive. We get our resurrection body straight away. And in, in a flesh, in the blink of an eye. I mean, can you just blink your eye for a moment? How long does that take? You know, a tenth of a second, a twentieth of a... I don't know how long. Very short. Well, in that time, a billion people are going to receive a resurrection body. You know, you, you close your eyes, you open them, and a billion people are changed. The world is changed. That is what's going to happen. That is, if you're a Christian, what you're going to be part of. That is where we all are going to be part of. Wow, what, what a great day. And then this, you know, death is swallowed up in victory. All this language, you know, the fulfillment, victory. You know, this is the greatest day there is. Uh, I, I don't know, do you like victory? Winning. Uh, because death is followed up in victory. Where death is your victory? Jesus' victory. I don't know. Um, in Hong Kong, people are not much into sports. But, you know, in Europe, you have these football matches. And the stadium is full of fans. And after the match, you know, there's one side that wins 3-0. And you can hear them cheer, Right? We're the champions, you know, and uh, you guys lost. Well, that is what's going to happen. Verse 55, where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? That, that's the crowd saying, death, you lost, you loser. Yeah? God has won victory and you lost. And it's crowds cheering. That, that is the, the day we will be at, right? That is when Jesus comes back. Victory, life, death defeated, death swallowed up you know no struggle no battle just uh, instantly swallowed a bit of it like, like a frog and a fly gone death that dark shadow gone what a victory that is that last day isn't that exciting isn't that something so much greater than you know our, our lives here the victory cheering for jesus because he's won and he's done it and we're all there now, of course, that's that last day. I mean, some of you here, you know, death is very real for you at the moment. Maybe you've uh, a loved one you've lost. Uh, and, and then, you know, cheering, death, you loser. That, that's not on your mind. No, no, true. At the moment, death is the last enemy. Death is this dark shadow that hangs over this whole world. Yeah. And every single human being that's lived has, has died. They've all lost. That's what Paul says, verse 56. He tones it down a bit. 
the sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law uh, yes we death hangs over this world because of our sin because of the way we've rejected God uh, but Jesus has won the victory just say if you're not a Christian that means that you need Jesus uh, you, you can't be deaf by yourself because death well it's linked to your sin the way we've treated God uh, the way we've ignored the one who made us and you're not going to win that battle only Jesus can do it, which is why you need to turn to him. But for those who have done that, for those who've trusted in Jesus, what a great day. And, and, and isn't that worth living for, right? Verse 58, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Uh, the work of the Lord is it's about the spread of the gospel. It's about the kingdom of Jesus advancing. It's not in vain. Maybe you're serving in church and you're preparing for Sunday school and it's all this work and you feel it's not going anywhere. It will. On that day, see those children you've taught, raised from the dead, cheering. It's not in vain. Maybe the, you, know, you have a busy job and you're, you're spending time preparing for links. See your links groups members there cheering. That's, it's worth it, right? It's worth giving yourself to this work. It's so much greater. Not, not just me. Look at God and his plans and everyone. Yeah. So I think that's, that's what we need to think. You know? what should, yeah, let's live for this. You know, serving Many people here, they serve for the church, making, you know, the church is, of course, how the kingdom comes, so a church needs to happen, uh, or just our, uh, our slogan, right? Growing in Jesus, uh, sharing our lives, reaching the world, you know, making sure we grow, helping others grow, so that they'll be there, uh, reaching out, so that they hear about Jesus, sharing our lives as a witness to what is happening. Uh, that is uh, what we should be doing. Well, of course, the question is, you know, how do, do we have time? Life is so full. And so as we, yeah, finally we need to think, okay, where do we get our time from? We need to think about our priorities. Uh, because, look, last week I talked about missionaries. And some people felt maybe, you know, the only real thing to do is to quit your job and quit everything and just become a missionary and give up your life. That's not true. Hey, if we don't become missionaries, who's going to pay for us? But it doesn't work like that. God wants us to be in this world. God wants us to do, to do our jobs. Jobs are a gift from him where we glorify him. We're made to work. And it doesn't mean we can't have any hobbies. You know, it's good to enjoy creation. It's good to enjoy yourself. You know, it's restful. You know, life is busy. It's good to have something that makes you relax. That gives you the rest you need. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, cancel everything. And also when I talk about priorities, you know, some of you, yeah, you are giving yourself full time to the work of the Lord and you're working so hard and what you need is more rest, actually. But there's others who maybe, you know, let's think about priorities. So, you know, take from what I'm going to say, take what you think you need. But yeah, it's okay to miss out, right? You're going to have a better body in a new creation. 
you're, you, it's okay to miss out. It's okay to sacrifice something for this greater thing. So some of you, maybe you have quite a bit of leisure time. And, you know, it's great to watch uh, Netflix. It's great to watch some TV. It's great to go hiking. It's great to play golf. It's great to drink tea. And they're all good things to do. But it can be a kind of default thing, right? Every, all my free time just goes to that. Because, you know, I've got the time and I enjoy it. Let me do it. Now, is the amount of time you're spending, is that what you need? Yeah, I, I spent 15 hours watching TV. Actually, 10 hours gives me the rest I need. Well, then you can take those five hours and, and spend it on something else, right? Because you're not going to miss out. It's not that when Jesus comes back, you think, oh man, I wanted to see that Netflix series, and now I'm going to spend all eternity wondering what happened. No. Yeah? You're going to, yeah, it would be great I'd, to, to do all the trails. You know, I see Hong Kong, I'd love to do the McElhose Trail, and the Lantau Trail, and the Wilson Trail. Maybe I won't have time. That's okay. <laughs> you know, you can reduce some things and spend it on other things. Again, I'm not saying do nothing, but think how much do we do and how much do I need you can even make bigger decisions so holidays I know a guy in England and good job well off and so he could take his family to see Australia and see the US and go safaris in Kenya and all those things would be great he's just going camping in the Lake District well, why not you know it gives him everything he needs time with his family rest from work and he would say look I can explore the new creation I don't need to see Australia and in fact I now have a hundred thousand dollars every summer that I can give the church that I can use to support mission work it's a good decision but it's it's new creation thinking right now for some of us leisure is not quite it for us to have more time maybe we need to yeah change our work. That's the thing in Hong Kong, right? We all work so hard. What would you have to do to make more time for the work of the Lord? Uh, one pastor says about, you know, um, you've got 15 slots a week. Yeah, five breakfast, five lunch, five dinner. Can you give one of them to the work of the Lord? Can you use one of them to maybe meet with someone to read the Bible? Uh, t time's an issue. But, but just think, what would that be for you if you work hard? You know, uh, if you would spend your lunchtime, instead of working, you would take that hour off to meet with someone. Do you have to come in earlier? I guess that's a cost, isn't it? Or you have to stay later. Or you have to rearrange your work a bit. I know uh, I had a guy in London, and he, uh, he was committed to our small group, but he was an investment banker. And so he would come to our small group, and then 10 p.m. he'd go back to the office and do some more work. That was hard work, you know, very late night for him, less sleep. But, you know, he, this is my priority. I want to come here and be encouraged and encourage others. And so he made it a priority. But, yeah, at a cost. Or maybe for you it's just, it means working less, one hour less a week. You know, okay, I want to take this lunchtime out. What does that make you? Maybe it does mean you're a slightly less good employee, right? because you get slightly less done in the week. Or maybe everyone in the office is working when you go out and you take the full hour lunch break. 
and your boss thinks slightly less of you. True. Uh, there is a cost. But it's worth it, right? I mean, you're not going to miss out in the end. Uh, it's for something much greater. You can even make be bigger decisions. I was speaking to someone last week, uh, and they were offered a, a new job at work, a new position, which they were thinking about. But it would mean, you know, uh, being even more busy, having even less time for family, having even less time for church. And then after last week's sermon on the resurrection, uh, I don't need this. I don't need to take that. You know, wha- there's more to come. I don't need this. Uh, even more, um, I saw uh, a blog post once. It was a stay-at-home mom. And she stopped, uh, yeah, she stopped working when she had children. She wanted to raise them properly. And people said, oh, you're giving up your career. And she said, no, I'm not giving up my career. I'm postponing it. In the new creation, I'm going to have the most amazing career. I don't need to do it now. I can now focus on my children and making sure they grow up in Christ. Right? This new creation, you know, the, the resurrection is coming. I can have a career later, you know. Again, I'm not saying you all have to do that. You know, Hong Kong is so expensive. Many families need two incomes. But, you know, just as an example of thinking, yeah, the resurrection. Yeah? I mean, if you have a to-do list and you have some things that need to be done today and some things that can be done next week, which one are you going to do? The things that need to be done today. But, yeah, there, there's a cost to that. There's a cost, not taking that promotion, less money, uh, lesser quality of life, um, making, yeah, working, being a less good employee, less bonus. It has a cost. But, but see the long term. Maybe there is a cost here the coming 10 weeks, uh, 10 years, 20 years. Think about 100 years. Or, or maybe as a parent, well, what do you want for your children? You know, to study hard, get the perfect IB score, and go to the best university, and get the best job as a doctor or lawyer, and, and, and that's it. Or, you know, you can encourage their Christian walk. You know, don't study, come to the youth group. You want to serve in Kingdom Kids, great. And, and encouraging that. And next, you want to tell your friends about Jesus and spend time with them, great. That has a cost, right? It means a lower IB score, or not even IB. It means a less good university, a less good job, a less good quality of life. There's a cost. You know, your children may have that cost for 60, 70 years. But again, think about 100 years' time. Think about when Jesus comes back, and think about all the people who have been impacted by your child who lived for Jesus rather than just studied. You know, that is changing priorities. Last week I read uh, a quote from a missionary, if you remember. Um, I didn't read all of it. I wanted to save the rest for today. So this missionary was writing to the father of the girl he wanted to date because he was going to be a missionary. And he asked, okay, uh, if I marry your daughter, she's going to be a missionary. She's going to go to Burma and suffer a lot. Are you okay with that? But, yeah, he ended with the resurrection. Uh, Can you consent to all this? 
in hope of soon meeting your daughter in the world of glory. Eh? You're going to see her again. You're not, maybe not in this life, but you're going to see her again. But more, bright, with a crown of righteousness, brightened with the acclamations of praise, which shall redound to her Savior from heaven, saved through her means from eternal woe and despair. Uh, all these, think of all the people you, she will save. You're not going to see her for a while, but you'll see her again. And with her, all these people praising Jesus. All these people who otherwise wouldn't have heard. Isn't that worth sending off your daughter for? Right? Isn't that worth giving our time for? Huh? The, the resurrection. You know, that great day, that greater goal. It makes it worth it. So I, I, I hope we, we feel that. You know, think back over the last two weeks. You know, the Jesus' resurrection is a fact. You know, it's n- not in doubt. The tomb was empty. People saw him. They died for it. It's a real fact. And if he was raised, we will be raised. God won't have a plan B. W- we know we have a future. If we trust in Jesus, a better, greater future. And actually, that's not just for us. That can be for everyone who trusts in Jesus. Isn't that worth living for? So yeah, let's let's pray, and let's uh, no, no, and let's sing, and let's uh, yeah, let's think about this. Father, thank you again for the resurrection, and pray that we would yeah have this vision, and we would live it. Father, we uh, we need your help. We need your spirit in Jesus name. Amen.